Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Write Brain, a podcast about writing and crowdfunded publishing. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this latest episode of Write Brain. My name is Jeff Dubo, and with me is my lovely co-host, the beautiful, butter-voiced man, Paul <laughs> Inman. Paul, how are you doing? I'm great. You know, butter voice makes me sound like I just sit around and like eat butter right out of the refrigerator or something. That would be butter gut. And that's another no. friend. That's that's a different <laughs> friend of mine. Or well, that might may- be this friend too. <laughs> or maybe it's me. Yeah. No, I, I I'm love, doing well. I love the term oh. butter voice because, as as you know, a lot of people in the in our little writers community, uh, all we all agree that you have a great reading voice. Well, thank you. Mm. Thank you. See exactly. This is so, this is what I'm talking about. Mm. <laughs> so I appreciate the um, praise, everyone. Thank you very much. Butter voice, though, that's kind of a weird, weird. Uh, it's because it's nickname. It's huh? smooth. It's smooth. Yeah, I like gotcha. butter. Uh, <laughs> it is smooth like butter, I guess. But <laughs> thanks, everybody. But uh, yeah, how are you doing, JF? I'm exhausted, dude. <laughs> I'm yeah. I, all right, it's it's no it's no secret that there's been some uh, some work being done uh, around the rights for uh, Gone in the Shed, which is a, a lot more work and stress than most most that I ha- I had ever imagined. I'm sure smarter people than me knew what that was going to be like, but I'm stupid, so everything's a surprise. But besides that, I still have a, a full time job to do. It's been surprisingly a lot of work to to do, and I like to do the things I tell people not to do. Like, remember when I warned people, if you go to Inkshares to sign books, you're not going there to have fun. You're going there to work. And then I go there and I goof off for half the day and I have to sign books until the wee hours of the night because <laughs> I don't listen to my own advice. No, you so, don't. So remember, Paul, when I said we shouldn't, I, I shouldn't enter and anybody that's any busy shouldn't enter into the... Um, the contest that's currently on Inkshare with um with, with Launchpad. Uh yeah, I you, do. You, you remember when I said, "No, that's a bad idea." I do, and I also remember um you contemplating. So, are you about to tell me something? I'm working really hard to finish an application for that contest, which is a dumb idea. Because I don't have oh, that much time, and I'm running out of waking hours. But I, I think I have a cool idea for a book. Um, I'm, I'm writing it, and I'm having a blast doing it. Like the entire process is a lot of fun. I'm enjoying myself. I don't think I can reach a level of quality that will be adequate for the deadline. So that's not going to work out. But I'm having too much fun doing it, and I even if it's not good enough for the contest, I'll still have done this portion to work and I'll be able to do something else with it later. But yeah, so I'm exhausted. And I'll also, you know what else I've been writing? I do, actually. I do. Oh, uh, well. You've been working on... Uh, oh, are you asking me or was that well, rhetorical? It, it's I hard was, to tell. I was, we don't, I was, we're not... <laughs> yeah, my camera's down so Paul can't see my facial expressions and all the signals that we usually use to communicate. It's mostly <laughs> us flipping each other off, but whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, well, no, no. I was, I was trying to create some tension by asking the question, but sure, fine, go ahead. I know what you are writing. You are writing or working on your short story for the Too Many Controllers that um, anthology. That is 
correct. Yes. I, actually, uh, I'm done writing it. I sent it to a f- couple of alpha readers, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that, 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 that's happened. That's cool. So uh, I am also finished with my particular story, and I've had some readers check it out, and I am have implemented some of the changes, but they're... Uh, I don't want to say they're a lot, but I guess I should say that their their feedback was really positive, really good stuff. And there are some things that they were like, well, this might be better, or this might need a little more work, or maybe you could trim a little fat over here, which is what the process is about. And, and, and I'm really enjoying it. Like, I like it when people give me feedback and it's good. You know, like, I don't want, I was, you know, it's always nerve wracking when you send something off to people and you never know what's going to happen. They might send it back to you and say, this is terrible so you're gonna have to change everything and just throw it in the garbage you know not that i i don't think that uh, that would ever happen because i am amazing at everything so there you go mm-hmm. yeah especially the voice that's right <laughs> so um you have you gotten have you received any fee- feedback i've received feedback um mm-hmm. most of it i received two two batches of feedback one of them is uh i really enjoyed it you have a couple of typos that are amusing, mostly because <laughs> there's an acronym that is AAS. And I oh, have I in several places used the wrong balance of A to S. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> that probably happens in life too sometimes. <laughs> yes. So that's been pointed out. Um, the second batch of feedback I got was a couple of questions mostly, which is always interesting when people don't give me comments. They just want to know more, Right. but the general feedback, yeah, it's, I love that because it means that somehow something grabbed them about the story. Right. So you lit, you lit a fire in them and they're just like, I need to know more, which is a great thing. Like one of my, the best part pieces of feedback that I've received is I'd like to see more from this particular not necessarily story, but more from this particular universe that's being created. I want to see what happens after, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love that. That makes me happy because, you know, as a as a creator, you, your whole, at least for me, and I would imagine you and everyone else, but you want to connect with people and you want to entertain them. And, 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 and hopefully something that you do uh, reaches them at some level and they get that emotional connection even if sometimes that emotional connection is like i hate that character then you know you know you've done it right because you wrote that particular character maybe to be hated and you mm-hmm. know that you're hitting hitting uh the uh emotional points that you want to hit which is always a good thing so i mean for me like getting that feedback about i need to know what happens next is a is a great thing yeah, it's it's pretty much on par with people wanting to nerd out about something in your book. Like, right, exactly. W- one of the best discussions I've had about Life Engineered is someone who really, really wanted me to explain to him how the nursery works in the book. I'm like, oh, cool. I'll explain it to you. <laughs> yeah, and then you went on for like 15, 20 straight minutes and they were like, okay. I, yeah, I I, every five <laughs> minute waking them up so that they, can, they don't miss one of the important parts. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Uh, no, but the, the other piece of feedback I got on the short story was great world building, bro, but in a kind of, it's good world building in the end. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to quiz and see with my better readers if they feel the world, the, the story might be lacking in substance. Um, right. But that is, that is just one out of, two, uh, out of two alpha readers. And the alpha reader that said that 
was also the one asking a bunch of questions. So I, I'm not sure what his true appreciation was. Well, you know what's interesting about that? Like, when I finished the story and it was in its first draft, like, raw form, like, stream of consciousness, you know, like, right out of, right from my head to my fingers, you know, um, the first thing that I wanted to do is get people to read it. But I also asked around a little bit in the chat. I was like, you know, may in the, in the in the Slack group, I should say, uh, maybe we should come up with like a guideline because most of the people that I'm sending this to, I haven't written tons of books like you, JF. Um, so I don't ha- seriously like you t- have told me before that you've gotten how many manuscripts do you have laying around? I currently have four manuscripts that are condemned, if you will. Right, but they're complete manuscripts. I mean, they may only they, be a first draft or they second are. draft. They, maybe. they are entirely first draft manuscripts um, of books. Most of them very short, none, nothing above 60,000 words. So very, very t- tiny, tiny little novels. Um, but they, they, they're, they're all basically my practice runs. They're, they're the first cake I bake. Right, so I don't have all of that. So my, my readers didn't, don't have the luxury of knowing what to look for. So I wanted to put together a list of like questions that you may can send along with your manuscript um for me the short story 1989 and uh in the future other things that i write so to give them kind of a a guiding reference so they kind of know what to look for and i think that that's that's kind of hard to do to come up with a list of questions i mean anybody can just go um is my character fun are they funny? Are they likable? What do you hate about them? What do you love about them? What are you confused about? That kind of stuff. But really getting into like the meat of the actual story, because when this first, for me anyway, when this first um, read goes out to people, I, I'm looking for things like, does this story make sense? Um, are, are there uh, anything that is just so confusing that you actually just get lost? Are you enjoying it? Is it something that you started reading and you put down for three weeks because you were like, oh my gosh, it's a chore to read this? You know, that's not anything you want. But like, I think it's a good idea to have a little reference, a little cheat sheet that they can look at to get, to guide them. Because like you said, uh, your one alpha reader was, uh, um, really like, great world building and that was about all he gave you but that may not mean that he didn't like it or she whoever it is um they may may just mean that they don't know how to express it actually you know I, mean? I i did clearly ask i specifically asked did you enjoy it to make sure and said yes yes i really much enjoy it so i i know i know that there's some substance to it so i'm not uh-huh. too worried about that um, you'll be glad to know that you, you and, well, I don't know if you'll be glad to know about that, but you and I do <laughs> think alike in a way, because I, I started doing, uh, surveys, sending surveys with my beta, uh, copies when, uh, just when I started doing, uh, the, the better reading for life engineered. Mm-hmm. So I did have a, uh, I did have a list of questions that I gave people and just told them, Basically, I had in two portions. The first portion is a list of things I wanted, like a do's and don'ts of better reading. Like, I don't want you to correct typos and I don't want you to look at grammar. I, and I want you to, uh, you know, pay attention to continuity. I want you to look at plot holes. And then there's a series of questions for after they've read the book where I can pinpoint certain things that I'm worried about in the story. Do you think this, co- this character comes off as too complex, too simple. Um, did you understand this plot hook? Like that way, I can make sure that I've hit all the points I want to hit. 
Right. That's a fantastic way to do it, too. And, you know, a lot of times, for me, especially because, like, I actually had zero readers. No, I take that back. I had one reader for Ageless and uh, two, I guess, technically, if you want to count my wife. But she's never going to tell me anything is bad because she's my wife. Which, coincidentally, um, or not coincidentally, but if I could just go on a tangent real quick, I lost my wedding ring yesterday, and I've been freaking out. I know, I've been freaking out. I've had this stupid wedding ring for almost five years now, and I'm kind of freaking out, so. Uh, we had I training exactly today. I exactly where my wedding ring is. It's yeah? In a box somewhere, because it's oh, too man, big I'm now. sorry. Well, it's not, sorry. it's because it's, it's too big. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. So, um, what happened... I don't know exactly what happened, but the last time I remember my wedding ring yesterday was I took it off to wash my hands at the, at the sink at, at my job, and I don't know why, but I chose to use the sink three sinks over from the actual where you like get your towels or dry your hands or whatever. So I shook my hands off and I walked over there, and I think I left it sitting on the count on the sink um, basin, you know. And I was like, crap. And I literally, we had a training today because, you know, school's about to start back up here in a, about a week or so. And so we had some training and it was at a different school. So I went to my uh, my actual school first before my training. And I like went through my classroom and I tore it all apart. And I went through the bathroom and I looked everywhere and I cannot find it. So I'm tangent over. So back to what I was saying. No, um, I, I feel bad for you, man. I hope you find it. Yeah, uh, me too. I'm, I'm, but, but my wife is cool. She's already said it's not a big deal. And it's going to be our fifth wedding anniversary in about uh, two months. Let's see, September. No, three months. No, no, two months. Oh, my God, two months. <laughs> October 1st, I know when it was. You can edit so, that. Um, you can edit that if your wife listens. <laughs> yes, yeah. She doesn't. Well, I don't know. Maybe she does. I, I never asked her. But um, anyway, uh, she's pretty cool about it. She's like, no big deal. Uh, we'll just get you a new one, and we'll call it a fifth anniversary gift. And there I was go. like, yeah, but it's still sentimental. But I know it's just a material thing. But all of you who are married probably understand what I'm feeling. If you don't, then that's okay. Because it is just a material thing. But it's something special to me. Anyway, back to my other yeah. w- original Would you point. feel better if we talked about books instead? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> back to my original point. I had one actual reader and then my wife, who I don't count... Um, who I actually read the book out loud to as I was writing it. I would never we, put anyone through that. But then again, I'm not butter voice. Well, it's <laughs> it's not what I... I mean, it wasn't intended... Honestly, when I read it out loud, I, 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 I find more things. And, you know, uh, like more problems with it. And I could fix it in the moment. Like, um, who was it? I think it was Derek. It was the glorious Derek Adams, I'm pretty sure, who said that he records himself reading it so he can listen to it back. Mm-hmm. and he can find problems, which is a great idea. And he like told me he just like burns through it. I think he might have said this on our show even. I just can't remember. Um, I think so. I've, I know I've yeah. heard this from several authors that I respect, and it's something that I wish I could do, but it's, it's also kind of a maybe a suicide trigger for me to hear my own voice for too long. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> you must not listen to our show then. <laughs> I, I make a point of listening to one out of, out of five episodes of every podcast I do to make sure that if I'm doing something that is bad for sound and I'm picking up bad habits, oh, I, I can spot them and remove them. But I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I see. 
Uh, so anyway, I, I mean, I think it's a great idea. Um, so anyway, I, I read it out loud to her as I was writing it. So I would write a chapter or whatever I wrote that day, and I would just say, hey, listen to this. And most of the time, she would play on her phone, so I'm not actually even sure if she even knows what this book is even about. In fact, there's a small little 1% of me that thinks that she may not even know I have a book out. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kim, if you're actually listening to this, obviously I'm just kidding. We have, you know, a box of them sitting in our bedroom right now, so... I'm running out of books. Oh, anyway, but that's that's just the complete. That's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. No, it's my fault for not bringing back enough from San Francisco. Well, that might be a bad. Thing. Well, I'm sure that costs a lot. Did you ship them or did you just take them on the plane? I took them on a carry-on. Oh man, that's pretty awesome a, though. It was a heavy bag. So Anyways. funny story, real quick. Mm-hmm. Another another tangent. Sorry, I'm really feeling the tangents today apparently so uh when i was i've been obviously i've been away in vegas and san diego so um we got so much crap at comic con and and a lot of it was free crap now because they give you they just give away stuff you know Mm -hmm. um but we did buy buy things too but we got so much crap right that i had to actually buy another suitcase while i was in las vegas and check and pay for another check bag for the plane and uh I was like, you know what? I am not spending hundreds of dollars on a suitcase because I was as principal, you know. Not that I couldn't, but as principal, I was like, I don't want to buy a brand new suitcase. So I was like, I'm gonna go to the Goodwill and I'm gonna see what they have. And I get there and they have this one ratty old little tiny. Uh, it wasn't too little, I guess, medium sized suitcase, but it was definitely old and used and smelly. And I was like, I am not buying this. So I went to the people and I said, Hey, do you have any suitcases uh, in the back room or whatever? Um, I don't know. Do you guys have Goodwill in Canada? We 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 have equivalent. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's like Salvation Army or or, mm. or something like that. So anyway, um, so they were like, yeah, we'll check. And the lady goes and looks, and she comes back uh, about a minute later, and she says, yeah, we have some. Um, they just got to put the little price tags on them and get them out here. Well, long story short, they come out with like twenty bags, and uh, so I've got like this this plethora of choices and i found a really really good dockers um brand Ooh. name bag yeah and i looked it up right there on my phone i pulled it up online and it's like a 350 dollars suitcase and i got it for less than 20 bucks nice yeah so i was like yeah and it was perfect like all the zippers work it didn't smell it didn't have any stains it's like brand new and then i, I told my wife i was like and we can redonate it when we get back home because it's really just this one travel so we also bought some disinfectant and stuff just in case, you know. So, yeah, it was a fun story. <laughs> I should write for a living. You right? sh- you should you should <laughs> your your description of that of the luggage was vivid. <laughs> so, so I have no idea what we were talking about. All right, so, beta, I mean, um, uh, readers and yeah. our our short stories. Yeah. Well, I was I was going to try to do a, as elegant as possible a segment to talking about my my usual dislike for writing short stories. Okay. And and here's the thing, like when when the whole anthology thing first got brought up, I was my my first thought was, oh no, short stories aren't my thing. And then I got an idea for it, so I got into the anthology. And the closer I got to the deadline where I was to start writing the story, the more I dreaded it. I was like, I have an idea, but the more I think about the idea, the more it's taking on the scope of a book, as most Always, of my ideas yeah. do. This is, this is the problem I have with short stories. I, don't, I feel that the cage is too small. 
I can't build enough world. I can't have enough characters. I can't give the characters right. enough depth. And I, I always feel like I need to have a twist at the end of the short story because that's how short stories go. And I know I'm wrong about all of this. It's just, <laughs> it's just my feeling about it. But then I got to start writing it. And I had a lot of fun. I'm not saying I'm back on the short story bandwagon. I still have trouble no. with it. What's the biggest problem that you think... Uh, well, I guess you just described it, though. The fact that you can't... That you want to expand everything out. And I believe me, I totally understand that. Is that would you classify that as your biggest problem with writing a short story? Like your largest problem? My, I feel, yeah, I feel my largest problem is that I, I'm either... When I write a story, I'm either disappointed by how it lacks bite. Like mm-hmm. It doesn't have a cool twist at the end or a, a good turnaround that you know, makes the reader go, huh. It's, <laughs> and I feel that I'm either spending too much time world building, which is one fear that I have about this story, which may be unfounded, I don't know, or I don't get enough depth into my characters, or then my short story end ends up not being short at all. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you, you like writing short stories. You enjoy it. I enjoyed writing this short story. That doesn't mean I enjoy writing every short story. This one, I had a pretty clear, like, I mean, anybody who has had, like, writer's blocks, sometimes you just don't have, it's, like, fuzzy. You don't have a clear picture of what's going to happen. But with this particular short story, um, in the very beginning, when I came up with the initial, like, uh, elevator pitch, maybe, if you will, just, like, the, the main idea, I was like, I'm not sure what this can turn into. And as, as I sat down and started outlining and uh, thinking about or, or writing the first opening scene and thinking about where this could go, I was uh, it came really easy. That That's one thing I liked about it. So um, uh, to pull the curtain back a little bit here, like we kind of talked about um, an upper like word limit because obviously these stories need to be short and there's 15 of us and we don't want to have a, you know, 500 page book here. Yeah, it's an, it's an anthology, not an omnibus. Right, right. So uh, the upper word limit was about eight thousand. Was I think eight thousand? So where 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 do you sit? I know that you're a little over. What what are you at? What are you at right now? I am at ninety one hundred words. Yeah, so I'm about maybe at eighty one or maybe eighty two hundred words. So um, I think most everybody is pulling it in either under or right at it so even with you at 91 that's not bad i don't know with your uh, readers are you looking at expanding because i'll be honest with you that's what my biggest thing uh my biggest comment was i want to know a little more here you know what i mean i want a little more here but in my mind i was trying to keep it not vague but but condensed you know what i mean because of the Mm -hmm. word count because yeah, as exactly. I'm writing, I'm going, oh man, I am not going to hit. In fact, I told you this a few weeks ago when I was uh, when I was first writing out the first draft. I said, I think I'm going to be over the eight thousand, and you were like, just write it and see where you land. And I actually landed pretty close, so I'm not unhappy. Yeah. But I'm going to have to expand, so it might be eighty five, eighty eight hundred words. I don't know yet. I yeah, I'm. I think I'm going to be lucky in the sense that I'm going to stay at the word count I, I'm at, although that word count is already fairly high, because mm. on one hand, the questions I did get from one of my alpha readers, I sort of want to address, which means I might have to insert a sentence here or a sentence there, nothing too complicated, but just a few clarifications. Right. 
Um, however, another comment I got was that some of the descriptions I was I have are a bit indulgent, so I'm going to be able. That's, that was actually reassuring for me to hear because that means I can go in there and just slash at them and and make them more compact and and, and less uh, less bloated. Well, that's good. You know, um, you mentioned earlier that uh, I like short stories. This is actually the first one that I've actually completed. There's a little bit of uh, wait, wait, knowledge wait, no. for you, those of you listening. You wrote, you wrote a short story uh, for Ageless that you, uh, you published on Examiner. You are right. And I did. Except for that came from a deleted scene from Ageless. Ah, so true. it was reworked into a short story. Mm. So um, it did. It, it ended up being a short story, but it's a companion piece. So if you read it on your own... Hopefully, the idea was that it would get you interested in Ageless. That, that was the idea. Um, but it's really meant to be a companion piece to, to Ageless, which is great, you know. And you also wrote a short story for The Life Engineered, and it, my, it's actually, I'm blanking on the actual name of it. Sacrifice. That's right, Sacrifice. And uh, that was a good short story. I enjoyed that. I remember when you posted the link for that, because it was on um, SF Signal, is that where it was? Yes, so it was they, on they SFX. Were, they were nice enough to host it for me. Yeah, that that is awesome. And so um, I remember when you posted it, I immediately clicked on it and I read it. And I was like, this is a good short story. Because I had recently finished your book. Actually, I think maybe because I got it a little early because I pre-ordered as mm-hmm. a, uh, you know, it comes out early. You know what I'm saying. So um, I had just finished, and I think you released it on the day of the actual release date, March 1st. Yep. And uh, I read that it, and I was like, that is a good story to go along with this. And it got me excited. I'm not cool. going to well, ruin that, that was... it or spoil it, but <laughs> it is that, well, definitely actually, the... prequel, is what I would say, right? It's it's a prequel that has no spoilers. So it makes for something that you can read before or after the main novel, and it doesn't have an impact on your enjoyment of the book. It definitely... Um, sheds light on it if you read it afterwards so mm-hmm. you could read it before and you'd be okay but um it was interesting uh mine is sort of happens at the same time as the story in it well ageless spans a long time like 100 years or something so happening at the same time could be you know perspective it, i guess yeah it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't narrow it down as much as you would no. think <laughs> no 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 but i could narrow it down it's in it's in 2005 there you go but okay, so here, here's the thing. You, I, I think it's safe to say that you don't have the same apprehension towards short stories that maybe I do. No, no, no. I don't mind writing a short story. I just have never really completed one that I've been completely happy with. So maybe there is some apprehension there. I uh, maybe maybe this is some subconscious fear. But yeah, maybe. One, one of the things I wanted to do is I wanted to ask you, like in the last maybe four or five minutes that we have before before we move on to the next subject, I want to know what if you have any. I don't want to say secrets, but any. What what are the things that you do like about writing a short story, and what do you look for in a short story when you write it? Because I think that's part of what's missing for me is that I don't read enough short stories, and maybe I just don't have a proper understanding of what I should be building when I'm planning one out. That's a great question. Uh, I, I, most of you probably know that I have no experience as a writer. So for me, I, I just go off of what I, I read. And the most short stories that I have read are, are 
usually from Stephen King because he puts out a, a short story anthology like once every five or six years or something. So I, I usually read all of those. And Scott Sigler, odd, oddly enough, I, I have hmm. have consumed all of his short stories. And uh, there's, you know, spattering here and there from other people. Um, like, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some people. I don't know, I'm blanking out. But anyway, so uh, I don't really know because I was never a writer until I sat down to write Ageless. So for me, I mean, I, I don't want to say I wasn't. I wrote another short story called... Um, Actually, I'm not sure it had a name yet, but it actually uh, got, I don't know, 10 pages worth of stuff, like story before it fizzled out. And I was like, I had the outline and I know what's going to happen and what should happen and how it ends and how it begins. But I was just like, I'm not really feeling this. I I think it needs to, I think I need to table it. I'm sure you've started many things and you're like, like, that's not working. You know, I don't know. I, yes, so many. Well, I have done the same thing. So I don't I don't really know. That's a hard question for me. I, I, I like the fact that short stories um, can be consumed in a relatively short amount of time because I don't always have tons of time to sit down for a novel. You know, I'm sure you... I don't have to say that you know because you definitely know. Um, you know, it's... it's It gives me a chance to, to use my imagination but not have to take up my whole day, you know? Um... As far as writing a short story goes, I like the idea that uh, it'll pay. You get a payoff, you know, in a reasonably short amount of time. So I guess maybe just the the, the brevity of it is what I like about short stories. I guess uh, writing and reading, you know. Okay, so, so the word count. Yeah, not, well, not necessarily the word count, but I mean, just the fact that like sometimes you you don't you need your entertainment in. In small bites, you know what I'm saying? That's why, like, sitcoms or whatever exist, right? You don't always want to go and watch, like, a, a three-hour epic Lord of the Rings-style, you know, Fellowship I, of the Ring I, movie, you know? I kind of do. Maybe that's my problem. Yeah, well, I, I, I do, too. I mean, I, I don't dislike that, but I'm just saying sometimes I don't have time for that, you know? Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. That's I, right. I, 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 think, I think what I should do if I really want to get better at short stories, or at least more comfortable, because... Write more. So, so far, yeah... Write more, but mostly also go back to the old Stephen King adage, like also read more of them. Mm-hmm. I, I used to read a lot of Stephen King short stories, but that was decades ago. I think I just need to get back into it. I have the, I have the old sword and laser anthology just sitting on a hard drive on my, on my iPad. It's been there for it, since, since it's been published. I never read a single it, story. Oh, no? No. You no, should read I, it, especially since they're, um, you know... You are in some kind of I have a comp- with them. I have you know? a complex <laughs> emotional relationship with that anthology. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I so I, I purchased it because I wanted to support Sword and Laser because I love Sword and Laser and I want to encourage them in whatever they do. I hate it because my short story got rejected. Yeah, well, that's okay. You tried real hard. Eh, right? Prob- probably not. <laughs> that might be part of the problem. Well, I hope that you're trying harder for this um, uh, launch pad thing. Yes, yes. So this, I wanted to ask you a question about tonight. that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, but we moved on before I actually could, could. So just real quick, if we could revisit that. the What you're working on for the launch pad contest, mm-hmm. is it something that's brand new or is it something that you had like 
began working on and maybe put to the side or you were didn't have enough time because currently time is our enemy so Mm, time is the fire in which we burn right so here's what happened the when i decided when i put the final nail in the, the coffin of that decision saying i will try to get something done for the launchpad contest I uh, got in touch with my creative brother, a guy called uh, Phil Rude, who is an illustrator. And he is basically, he and I have this blood pact of uh, sort of bouncing whatever each other, where each other's creative confident. He, what he's trying to achieve in illustration, I'm trying to achieve as a writer. And he writes a bit and I illustrate a bit. So there's some bleed over. We can communicate about each other's trade very well. And uh, I called an emergency meeting with him so that we could uh, we could have a powwow and discuss should I do this or and especially just go over. I pulled out my iPad. I opened the document where I have the uh, the two dozen sort of pitches and short synopsis of ideas that I've been bouncing around. I picked a few that I think are the most advanced, and we we went back and forth until he. Basically, he said, okay, this is the one you should do. And we discussed it until I agreed. And that's the story I went for. So it is something that is new, but it's not something that I have, that I had, I had worked on beyond the basic concept. Mm, okay. So that's good. I was just curious about that earlier. So I think, uh, I think we move on now because we've got some uh, way more exciting things than yes. what you and I are talking about to, to, to give our listeners. Yes, actually we do. When I was um, in San Diego at the San Diego Comic Con, uh, right across the street in Petco Park where the San Diego Padres, I believe, play baseball, they, um, they being Nerdist, the Nerdist was set up over there for their annual, um, they call it Carnival. Carnival? I don't know. It's like Carnival, but it's Con. You see what I'm saying? So, um, and... Many, if not all of you, know by now that um, I went over there to see the panel where they announced the Nerdist picks for the latest Nerdist contest that recently ended. And it was pretty cool because I got to be there live in person uh, when they announced Too Many Controllers as one of the picks for the Nerdist collection, which was really cool. But that's not what that was secondary to what was actually going on there. What was going on is they were doing a release for um, uh, what's it called now? Welcome to Deadland by Zach Linville and um, it's all fun and games by Dave Barrett. And that that was really cool. They had their own panel and uh, Adam was there with them on the panel and that was a really cool uh, way to kind of introduce the book the books to the world. Um, so while we were there also, this is kind of a unique thing, not unique necessarily, but this is kind of a cool thing. I thought they actually passed out books to everyone who came to that panel. So everybody got a free book that was there. Yeah. Well, well, I say everybody, pretty much everybody. I'm not sure if everybody, because I didn't walk around and do a survey, but I will go on one more tangent, JF, since this is the tangent, tangent show. It's your tangent show. It is. And and it's hard to say that tangent show. The, the gent into show is, is tough for me. So if you want me to read your stuff, don't write anything like that now, and I'll try I, to record I'm, something. That is all I'm writing from now on. <laughs> so anyway, um, Adam pointed me out and said, uh, 
spoiler if you have not read Ageless, something about time travel, and that's where I'll leave it. So um, this guy comes to me after the panel was over, and he's like, man, I want to talk to you about, about time travel. And I was like, okay, man. He's like, well, what kind of stuff did you find out? I was like, well, I did a lot of research, and I found out a lot of, a lot of stuff that would take a long time to really explain, and it can get kind of like, you know, out there, because, you know, some people think that it is possible, and it, and it could be possible. And he's like, oh, I thought you were doing it from a realistic standpoint. And he goes on, talks to me for about five minutes about real-time travel, and it's clear to me, and my wife, who was there, that this guy is like one of one of these types of people who are hmm, nicest way I can put this a conspiracy kind of nutty guy. They're my favorite, right? Right. But it was really weird because I was kind of cornered, and he's just t- talking at me, really not really talking to me, but talking at me, and then um, he kind of wraps everything up in like a word or two and I didn't know if he was really finished and then he shoves a flyer into my hand and he goes hey I want to give you this and um so I was like okay cool man and then he starts telling me about how Lord Voldemort is real and he's like read this pamphlet and he's like and it's so weird I actually I I I don't remember if I threw it away or not but if I do have it it's it's still packed because it was with all the stuff that we got from comic-con um but Lord Voldemort is actually, insert actor's name, I can't remember which actor, but some actor, and and uh, uh, Weasley, Ron Weasley is this other actor, and Harry Potter is this other actor, not the actual actors who played them on screen, but the real-life counterparts to them, and Dumbledore's army, and dude, I was like, what is going on right now? <laughs> I, was, I was so weirded out. I was so like, what is going there's on? There's two possibilities, and they're both kind of fun. One of them is that that person is, I'll bite the bullet, I'll say it, a nut job. <laughs> that is That's one a possibility. Big possibility, that, man. <laughs> yeah. The other possibility is you're at Comic Con, and right. he is, this, this is his character this is his hoax his joke is to walk around preaching the existence of lord voldemort and just giving people these dumb funny little pamphlets yeah well let me tell you if you were there you would probably lean toward option a because option a is seems the most likely because he was it could be a character it totally did, could this did guy he could be an actor of tomato soup no but he was really twitchy you know what I mean? And he was like, I almost thought for a second he was like doing drugs or something. And he could have been. Or maybe he was off of them. That's, maybe that is he was not just, for us yeah. to speculate. Yes, you are correct. Maybe that's he's between just off. Him, that's between him and his physicist. <laughs> right. But um, it was crazy. So anyway, so after that, I went over and I had the opportunity to sit down after the panel with Dave and Zach and I got to talk to the guys about their book release. Uh, Dave's book, um, It's All Fun and Games, came out just last week on August 2nd. And Zach's book, um, Welcome to Deadland, actually, uh, at the time of this recording, it is, it is its release day is today. So we're recording on Tuesday the 9th. And uh, um, so I thought it would be great if we could uh, get the interview that I did with them on the show. Um 
it's going to be a little bit noisy because it is a baseball stadium and it was part of the uh, you know festivities are going on just on the other side of the little wall where we were. Which, by the way, I got to go to the green room, which was really cool, the Nerdist green room, and there were some cool people there, um, like the head head editor for uh, the Nerdist. Um, I, f- I forget what her name was. Um, terrible. But I got to meet her, and uh, jokingly it was tossed around that, hey... Um, we could use a, uh, a, uh, forward on our book, and she kind of giggled, and then the world went on, you know. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And I, what I mean is too many controllers, not, not like mine and JF's book that we are secretly writing and haven't told anyone about yet, so. Not right, even Jeff? me. I'm Not really excited Jeff. now. <laughs> I am. I'm very curious about this. I'm so, kind of happy. Um, I was hoping to collaborate with Paul on something one day. <laughs> <laughs> well, it already started, JF. You just don't know it yet, okay? Excellent. Um, just like my wedding. <laughs> oh, man, you had to bring up wedding, huh? I'm, oh, I'm hurt oh, over I'm, this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, let's take some time and check this out and uh, have a listen to what the guys have to say about their book and being at Nerdist uh, on a panel releasing their book and, and all that fun stuff that we talked about. How you doing? This is Paul Inman of the Right Brain Podcast, and I am here with a couple of new Inkshares authors. And where is here? We are in San Diego at Petco Park um, at the Nerdist Con- Carnival. Is that how you say it? Carnival. Yeah, I think carnival. like carnival. Yeah. And carnival, so. but con. Carnival. Yeah. yeah. So um, we just finished with the Inkshares panel. I just finished watching the Inkshares panel where they selected too many controllers. Yay, go us <laughs> as one of the picks. Um, for the next set of Nerdist books. So, but you guys are the first pick, and there's definitely uh, an emergency somewhere. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but <laughs> it's pretty loud. So, um, guys, let's talk. Uh, Dave, we'll start with you. Okay. Um, it's all fun and games. When does it actually come out? When is the actual street date? So, the actual street date is August 2nd, so it is the first Inkshares Nerdist book. <laughs> it's uh, by a week or so. Um, uh, so it's available on Amazon uh, through Inkshares as of right now, um, though I don't believe it's actually live out in any bookstores um, yet. I think the the actual drop date is August 2nd. Okay, and Zach, yours is um, a little bit like a week later, right? August 9th, did you say earlier? Right. The release date for Welcome to Deadland is August 9th. However, it is currently available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. They're shipping it out directly. People have already received their orders from the stores. And as of three days ago, I've started receiving pictures from people finding it on bookshelves in Barnes & Noble and buying it in the store. So. That's so awesome. Um, so uh, let's talk about a little bit um, what, what's uh, Welcome to Deadland kind of about. Uh, I describe it easily as Lost meets The Walking Dead. Um, It's a bunch of people trying to get by and survive in a um, newly created society inside the gates of a theme park um, while they're surrounded by zombies after, you know, the world's gone to crap. There's been this huge outbreak. But like Lost, the chapters switch back and forth between before and after chapters. So you see who everyone was before in today's society, and then it jumps to a couple months later inside this theme park where they're, you know, forced to decide who they're going to become and how 
this outbreak is going to change them, what they're going to hold on to of their humanity, and what aspects they have to let go to live to see the next day. So like Lost, it's a little bit of a non-linear narrative? Correct, yeah. It jumps back and forth. Um, the before timelines, they're mostly set in the same, like, six months prior to the outbreak. Um, they have the same starting point within this book, because it is part of a trilogy. Within this book, only one character's perspective really goes up to the outbreak, um, but the other ones will reach that point as well. Very cool. I know what that's like. Actually, when I wrote Ageless, the, I'd say it's a non-linear narrative as well, and I was really into Lost at that point, and um, it was kind of, that kind of influenced this a little bit as well to, to be this non-linear narrative. But I also chose this narrative because my main character is quote-unquote ageless, and um, she views time differently than we would, and so I chose that to kind of throw off our perspective of how time is. So you could sort of relate to the character, which is probably the best way I've ever explained that just then. So, yeah. so Dave, what's um, It's All Fun and Games, what's it about? So It's All Fun and Games is a uh, middle grade, young adult, so middle school and up, or the you know target audience, uh, story about a group of high school students who go off to experience a weekend fantasy LARP, um, including Allison, who is the newbie of the group. She gets convinced at the last minute by her best friend. Um, and uh, they go off, um, they start the quest, and they start progressing through the LARP, and then at uh, one point, uh, at some point, they end up crossing over into the game world without realizing it, and things all of a sudden become um, real. Uh, I find it, you know, I, I, I you know, you're going to edit this out. I can, I can edit whatever you need. Perfect. Good. I'm, I'm done. That's, that's the end of that thought. Okay. So, I'll cut it there. <laughs> I will definitely cut it there, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> That's so, okay. Whatever. Exactly. I mean, you know. No, I'll, I'll do whatever you want. So, um, good description. Thanks. So, <laughs> uh, so let's, guys, let's talk about um, this whole experience. Like, uh, right now we're sitting in, I guess this is the green room at Petco Park, and uh, it's just surreal, right? It's just surreal. So, um, like, uh, what happened... What happened when you found out that you were going to be coming out here? Like, what were the emotions like that you had before you ever actually got on the plane to come out here? You know what I mean? So, well, I I became an instant celebrity among all the people, all all the people that I know. That you know, I first of all the fact that I was able to get a ticket at all, uh, that I was a panelist at um, Comic Con, so I received a a, a, um, a a badge to go to the con uh, because of that. Um, and it just was kind of, it is hard to believe that even as I'm getting on the plane and flying out, like I'm actually going to Comic-Con and this thing that I see pictures of all the time and video of all the time and where all these famous people go and do famous things. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. So, and it's completely lived up to what I thought it was going to be. Awesome, Zach. Um, I don't think I actually even processed it while I was on the plane. It really, I flew out here a few days beforehand, and I've been to San Diego several times. It's where my family lives. So for a while, it was just another, you know, another vacation to visit my family, another few days to just relax, go to the beach. Um, 
and you know my friends would text me and they'd be like oh I'm so excited for your panel and I'd be like oh yeah that's happening that's happening and then on Friday when I actually showed up for the first time it kind of like set in and I was like oh my god that's that's the stage I'm gonna be on that stage I'm gonna have to talk to people um, had a little bit of a PTSD from like college public speaking class where you got to get up and give a speech and it's like well um, uh, uh, I don't think I did that today. I think I kind of skipped the wells and the ums. I hope. Uh, and now I'm going to do them here. <laughs> but I'll just edit it out, right? Yeah, no, it was definitely... Exactly. It was definitely surreal. Um, even just the walk up to the stage. And it was just like, that was where it really set in of you're doing this and this is real and when you know you were told back in November you were gonna be here it was just this like fantasy thing of well that's eight months away well that's seven months away well that's six months away and I was like this is ten seconds away it's real you're here get on a stage and talk so that's a good segue um what uh how'd you feel when you were sitting up there I mean you had a pretty decent pretty decent crowd there and uh they were actually passing out some of your guys' books and stuff. I mean, I don't know if you saw that from the stage, but I assume they told you in advance. But uh, um, what did that feel like? Uh, humbling. I mean, really, it was just humbling. Like, it was... I was seeing my book passed out. I saw, you know, people getting it, flipping through. And for so long, this book was just a file on my computer, and it was mine, and it was private, and everyone would ask me, you know, How, how's the book going? How's the book going? What can you tell me about it? And I'm a very private person when I'm writing. I don't want to tell anyone about it. And just seeing like this audience with copies in it, it's no longer my book. It's everyone else's book. Like I wrote a book, but through Ink Shares, everyone else got it published. You know, I didn't. I didn't get it published. I didn't do it on my own. Um, and just to see it in people's hands, like I have to think everyone else for making my dream a reality and it really was I mean it was it was heartwarming it was surreal but it was just very humbling so yeah I will second the humbling that um, I teach for a living so talking in front of people is not a huge deal for me but talking in front of people who have come of their own volition to hear what I have to say about something that's not part of school. I mean, right. now, that's pretty. that was pretty amazing, seeing, you know, a whole... Now, I think most of them were here to see Zach. Um, but, but that's okay. I mean, you know what? I'll ride the coattails. I'm totally cool with that. Um, and so it, that was a, you know, looking out and seeing people, you know, nodding or smiling or, you know, applauding. That was, you know... It, it, outside my normal comfort zone to be sure to be sure well, that's cool um i mean i know that when uh, i was putting out ageless earlier this year uh that i had those same kind of weird feelings when you when you do little well for me it's little events but for you guys it's this but like when you do little events you just kind of are try to be gracious because you know it's something that's like you said on the stage a year ago, you would not have imagined that this was possible, right? So um, uh, it's just a crazy thing in general, just all of this. I mean, if it is for me, then I know for you guys it, it really must be because I, I, 
well, I guess I am now part of the Nerdist thing, sort of, in a capacity, but I was not. Welcome aboard, welcome aboard. But I was not, um, but, you know, so we'll see what happens. But um, is there uh, uh, any, like, I know that you said your book is going to be a trilogy, Zach, so um, do you, have you started planning for that or anything like that? Uh, I actually have about 25 to 30% of the second book written. Um, you know, I, like, I love Welcome to Deadland. I'm very proud of this story. Um, I genuinely think that the where it's going in the second book, I'm just so much more excited for it. Because with Welcome to Deadland, that's what it is. It's a welcoming. It's an introduction. It's showing, you know, these characters are being welcomed into a new world, but the reader's being welcomed into it now. With the second book, the foundation's there, the story's there, the understanding's there, and I just get to go, you know, balls to the walls with what's going on. There's no more welcoming, like, game on. That's, that's my catchphrase, as it happens, game on. So you need to work on something else. <laughs> uh, so, uh, title? Title? Not yet. <laughs> Not yet, okay. So Dave, what about you? Do you have anything that you have in the works currently, or in, any ideas, or is... Um, are we looking for a sequel? Okay. So. Yeah, so it is also the start of a series um, that my only real opportunity to sit down and hammer stuff out is during November for National Novel Writing Month. Um, and It's All Fun and Games was my 2010 novel that was the first one. It was, uh, it was the fourth one that I had written, um, but the first one that I felt was really of any quality whatsoever. And so I had begun, I had um, uh, been working on it, working on it, pulling it out every couple of months, giving it a fresh set of eyes, um, tweaking it and so forth. So in 2011, I wrote the sequel. In 2012, I wrote the conclusion. In 2014, I wrote a standalone novel um, that's the, uh, the backstory for one of the characters. Um, uh, Chuck, if you've read the novel yet, uh, my rogue character. So, um, so I have a lot of words down. Now, I haven't gone back to do any substantive editing whatsoever on any of them. Um, I, part of me, most of me, is waiting to see what happens with It's All Fun and Games. If people end up liking it and want to read more, well, I've got the sequel at least plotted out. The writing needs a lot of work and the story needs work, but I know what's going to happen and so I can do that. But if, you know, Inkshares calls me up and says, we got a warehouse with 5,000 books in it, are you looking for toilet paper or whatever because we can't sell them, then I probably won't bother going through the, <laughs> the all the work. Um, that brings me to just another quick question. Since you're both talking sequels, are you looking into using the Inkshares model again in the future? Um, yes, that um, the, the process of publishing with Inkshares has been a really positive experience with me between the editing work, the design work, all of that stuff. The, um, uh, the royalty structure is unreal, absolutely unreal. Um, and so certainly, in, I would like to think that if my book is popular enough, I would be able to get enough people to pre-order the book 
to fund the sequel. I mean, that was really the, the, the trick, right? That um, uh, I would like to be able to, having gone through the full process, I would like to be able to go through the full process again, rather than, you know, kind of the light version that you get with, with the quill, uh, with the quill imprint. So, I mean, we'll see, but I, I've had a really positive experience so far. Um, and I would love to do it again um, if that's how it worked out. Zach? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Ink Shares. The whole experience working with them, working with Girl Friday, it's been phenomenal. Like, I wrote a manuscript, I edited it, and then I turned it into Ink Shares. And between them and my editors with Girl Friday, I mean, they just elevated it so much and way more than I could have done on my own. I mean, I've been in consistent communication with everyone working, you know, from design of the interior, the cover, everything. Um, even with other Inkshares authors, there's other Inkshares authors that I talk to every single day. I have, you know, group texts. I went drinking around the world at Epcot with uh, Rick Hines from the Seventh Age Dawn, like hung out with him and his family. Like I've made legitimate lifelong friends from the Inkshares community and I mean, I'm not gonna turn my back on, you know, the people that put me where I am because I still would have been, you know, looking at my file on my computer if it weren't for Inkshares. Cool, so um, you mentioned some of your experience with Inkshares. Like, what's one thing that sticks out in your mind as a really positive experience from the whole process of, um, maybe from the day that you, uh, the day that the contest finished until maybe like up to today? Like, what's one, um, obviously, being here, at, you know, at the Nerdist uh, Carnival, um, obviously that's a big one. But other than that big one, what's something that sticks out? What's specifically, like working with Girl Friday and Ink Shares, um, anything that? Yeah, you have. To, okay. Yeah, my uh, I, my editor uh, Keely Raymond was absolutely top notch. I mean, to the moon, top notch. That uh, when I submitted my manuscript after several years of kind of revising, revising, I was thinking, wow, this is really, this is not so bad. And, you know, I was, I was almost at the place where, you know, maybe I could self-publish this or something like that. And uh, when I got my comments back from her, they absolutely blew me away in terms of, just like Zach was saying, that elevating the quality of the product so far beyond anything that I could possibly have done on my own. Um, and this was through the entire editing process that you know I finished with Keeley and then we moved into um, the copy editing phase. And uh, Girl Friday set me up with their lead copy editor. And I was thinking, oh, copy editing. So now we're you know fixing the semicolons or whatever. And I got comments back from them that involved rewrites this section doesn't flow, rewrite this. And so there was about a thousand words or so, you know, which the whole manuscript is only about 54,000. So this is a, you know, a sizable chunk that I was deleting and rewriting as part of the copy edit process. And then when they got to the proofreading, the proofreader was going through and God, I thought I knew, I thought I knew grammar. And then I get my copy and I'm like, You've got to be kidding me. I don't even speak English, I don't think. So the editing has been, without a doubt, unbelievable. 
And Girl Friday is fantastic, all the people over there. I know my editing team was amazing as well. And I don't think that any of us know how to speak English or, or grammar. I mean, I'm the I, worst. I talk good. I talk yeah. good. Uh. I'm the worst. So, I mean, I'd have to... The, the highlight of my Inkshare's experience so far um, was actually about two weeks ago. I was walking around downtown Atlanta searching for a Pikachu on Pokemon Go. Nice. Um, and as I'm searching and walking around, you know, I'm looking at my phone and I see like a Twitter mention pop up. And then my phone's just like, vibrate, 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 vibrate. And I'm like, what is this? And so I close out of the app and I look at my email and just everyone from Inkshares, the people, my editors, the people from Girl Friday, they're all freaking out and just like emailing me. And it's the same link over and over. And it was the link to my Publishers Weekly review where Publishers Weekly gave Welcome to Deadland a starred review. And I'd been terrified of looking at, you know, whatever they were going to have to say because everyone, you know, looks to Publishers Weekly for the quality of the book and everyone was just freaking out. But I never would have had that experience. I never would have gotten that review if it hadn't been for the Inkshares team and the Girl Friday team that, like I said before, they just pushed me so hard to make my book better than... I initially thought I could make it you know I was satisfied with the manuscript I turned in and through the rounds of editing I went from satisfied to just like so proud and you know that was entirely at their you know pushing and encouraging and everything they put into it congrats on the start review by the way uh, all right, guys, I appreciate you spending some time with me before I let you go um, back to all this awesomeness and I get kicked out of the green room. Um, is there anywhere that you want people to, like, maybe find you online, websites, Twitter accounts, anything like that? So I tweet at L-L-A-B-A-K. Uh, you can also find It's All Fun and Games um, at, uh, on uh, Facebook at It's All Fun and Games Novel. Uh, my Twitter handle is ZacharyBinks7, because someone beat me to Zachary Binks. Um, I'm on Instagram. Six, six other people. Six, six people. people. <laughs> yeah. I didn't try the other numbers. Seven's just my number. Um, my Instagram is just ZacharyBinks, um, B-I-N-K-S, uh, not with an X. And then Welcome to Deadland also has a Facebook page, facebook.com slash Welcome to Deadland. Uh, I... If people post comments and messages on the Facebook page, I respond to them. Um, I try to keep a healthy conversation going with anyone reaching out to me because, like I said, I would not be anyone if it weren't for the readers that, you know, bought my book and are reading it and hopefully enjoying it. Um, and if no one reads it and enjoys it, then, you know, fade back into obscurity. So... Um, I love interacting with and talking to the people that tweet me, Facebook me, um, Instagram, whatever. Awesome, guys. Thanks again. We have Dave and Zach. It's all fun and games, August 2nd, and welcome to Deadland, August 9th. Thanks again, guys, for talking with me. Uh, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Paul, that was a great interview. I was amazing. I, I, I was. I really, I really enjoyed it. The sound quality was a bit annoying, but I mean, you, you do what you, what you've got. Hey, the recording device is quality. 
It's it was loud. It's echoey. What do you no, want? No, like I said, you work with the conditions that you're given. That's fine. That's right. Um, well, but it was a lot of fun I, getting to meet Dave and Zach. And uh, uh, congratulations to you guys on getting your books out there. Um, if you guys want to check it out, you know, as as we've already said, uh, welcome to Deadland, and it's all fun and games. Um, two quality ink shares books um, under the Nerdist collection imprint. So check those out. Cool. And JF? We'll, um, I don't know if I have anything to add right now. Um, anybody that wants to check out whatever I'm doing, I try to post on Twitter. So go to at JF Dubow. How about you, Paul? What's up? Um, at Paul Inman SC. Uh, do not go to my website currently because it is down unfortunately uh, you need to pay those bills well the renewal came around like when i was in vegas and i just forgot they sent me an email and i was like oh yeah i gotta do this but when you're in vegas time is like an illusion so i gotta re i gotta re-up so i can get my website back up there so if you want to go to the website you could but there's nothing there right now it's just i think i don't even know what's there yeah twitter so uh jf um i hope things keep going well for you with a God in the Shed. If anybody hasn't pre-ordered A God in the Shed, go do that. If you have not had a chance to read um, The Life Engineered, pick one up from Amazon, read, review, uh, Ageless, Needs go to, to Amazon. Be read and reviewed. Read, review. And uh, we appreciate you guys spending time with us every week-ish, you know. Yeah, we'll get to back to a normal schedule once uh, Paul is uh, brought back into regular work. <laughs> Which has started, so... Ah, there you go. Finally. All right. Well, <laughs> see you next week, guys. <laughs>